Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy is Paul's epistle to his son in the faith, Timothy, Pastor Timothy. And, you know, as I was um, looking and preparing for this, actually this week, I, my intention was uh, to be gone this uh, next week and now with a variety of things going on, not certain if I'll be uh, heading out of town uh, or not, uh, what the plans are, trusting that the Lord would allow uh, Ethel to go home uh, soon. And uh, if that's the case, uh, her uh, memorial service will, will be on a Saturday, whatever, whatever Saturday it works out on. It's going to be on a Saturday coming up uh, here in the next, uh, probably the next uh, couple of weeks. And, you know, it's uh, uh, looking forward to a getaway myself but there are so many needs and opportunities that people have all around us. Uh, just reminded of this as uh, we were able to minister up in Canada and uh, had a great time with the men and uh, Lance's uh, family and their church up there on Sunday and we're there with them on Monday and came back on Tuesday. Uh, this past Friday, day before yesterday, I was part of a, an ordination uh, for a young man out of Berean Baptist Church. Uh, been there for three years. Um, Eric Johnson heading to uh, Moore, Oklahoma to be a pastor and talking to other pastors and people and just, you know, all the difficulties uh, that people are facing. And over and over again, it goes back to, okay, well, as we're facing these difficulties, uh, what is our walk with the Lord like? What is our emphasis and focus on the Word? Uh, where are we getting our instructions? And as I look at this uh, uh, passage and... Uh, uh, of course, uh, I was going to be gone this week. My intention to be gone was to be archery hunting for elk, uh, but uh, I might get to live vicariously. Wayne got his uh, bull. Uh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. First one. And uh, has it all taken care of now. And I was looking at this passage from a, a hunting perspective. You know, because uh, here in Montana, uh, hunting is a pretty big deal. Maybe for some of you it's not. Uh, some of you are like, oh, I didn't even know it was hunting season. It's, you know, it's football season or basketball seasons are coming or uh, fall season's coming. I'm not, I hate this time of the year. I'm going to have to rake leaves. <laughs> well, live where we live and you don't worry about that. Uh, we don't, if we see leaves, it came from several miles away and uh, the wind blew them in. Uh, but, you know, whatever time of the year, oh, I hate this time of the year. That means snow's coming. And uh, some of us say, hallelujah, you know, it's, uh, I was, uh, I'm glad for this cooler weather. You know, I, I hate when the forecast is that uh, it's going to be warmer. But whatever it is that you enjoy the change of the seasons for or not, uh, there's, a, there's a variety of things how we look at life. And, but here in Montana, I, I would say that for a lot of people in Montana, if it's, uh, if it's not hunting season, it's time to dream about it, prepare for it, uh, look at it. It's a year-round passion for many. I heard our congressman, Greg Gianforte, uh, say one time, uh, he said, there's only one month out of the year in Montana that you can't hunt something, and that's the month of July. 
And uh, that's quite a, quite a thing here in Montana. 11 months out of the year, uh, there is something uh, that you can go hunting for. Paul here, though, he's given Timothy instructions that uh, one would, uh, that I believe, would parallel instructions that one would give to uh, a young or inexperienced hunter uh, going into the mountains, going into the wild. Because quite frankly, uh, we are going into the wild as we're to be in the world, but not of the world. Uh, we're going into the wilderness, uh, the, that place of darkness, that, that place that, uh, as Jim uh, brought in an excellent message this morning from Ephesians, uh, that we're to walk in the light as he is in the light. We are to remain uh, where he would have us uh, to be. And so there's one verse uh, that I want to focus on this morning. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. He's been giving instructions uh, about uh, gaining God's approval. Uh, he's given instructions. The Word of God is boundless. There's nothing that binds it. And uh, here, he, he makes this statement in verse 22. He says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will." Being aware of those uh, unsaved that uh, are easily drawn away and enticed uh, of the devil and cannot be restored and be prepared for that. But here as he gives these instructions to young Timothy. And by the way, Timothy, who is considered young, uh, by all accounts was somewhere in his 30s or 40s. You know, of course, we live in a day and age today that uh, once you hit 18, you're mature. You're an adult. You're ready. Well, I'm just telling you, the, uh, the Greek word for that is uh, hogwash. Uh, and uh, that's just not the case. You know, how many of us that once we get into our late 20s, we find out, you know, boy, I, was, I didn't know near as much as I thought I did. And then we get into our 30s and, and we say, boy, 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 when I was in my 20s, I, I thought I had it all figured out. And there's a lot of things I didn't know from experience. And we get into our 40s and we say, boy, when I was, when I was younger, and, and on and on and on. But he tells Timothy... He gives him some instructions here for his endeavor with the Lord, his endeavor to minister, his endeavor to be safe, uh, his endeavor to follow the Lord and to be doer uh, of that word. And he gives him some instructions. And I'm looking at this from a hunting perspective. Some of you are hunters. Some of you are training hunters. Uh, some of you have hunted. Uh, some of you uh, don't care at all about it but i'm the one preaching so i'm using this analogy the first thing he says is to be discerning he says flee youthful lusts you know in one of the things here in montana if you're going to go out in the mountains even whether you're hiking or hunting 
you're supposed to be bear aware, wolf wise, and cat conscious. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you go into the wilds here in Montana, you know, there's things that can eat you. You know, uh, you know in Louisiana, when we lived down there, it was uh, a couple of poisonous spiders and three different poisonous snakes, and uh, that was about it. You know, there wasn't much else going on. They might have a few, uh, well, down there they call them pumas. Uh, they call them uh, big cats. Uh, they'd have some uh, uh, things down there. But here, you know, when I grew up in Iowa, you know, when we'd go out and uh, we, when we go out into the uh, into the woods, you can go to northeast Iowa, uh, very wooded. You can stay in eastern Iowa, where I'm from, and and uh, rolling hills and uh, cornfields and all kinds of stuff. You know, we never we never went out and were worried about something eating us. You know, we didn't have to pay attention, you know, if a, if a pheasant flew up, we weren't looking around saying, okay, is there, is there a bear that scared it up that's going to attack me or I can just shoot it? You know, here you go out and, and you've got to be careful. There are things that are going to eat you. You know, you're supposed to carry an extra sidearm. You're supposed to carry bear spray. Uh, you keep an area of tracks. I remember, you know, back a few years ago when uh, Willie on his mules took me back into the mountains up by Swift Reservoir. And, of course, that fire had gone through up there near Hart Butte, and um, I had a mountain goat tag, and, and that fire had burnt 50,000 acres in like 8 or 12 hours. Just completely burnt up the whole area uh, that we're planning on going into. And so we ride in there on the mules, and we rode 12 miles all the way to Badger Pass, and in nothing but soot and ash and we had to go all the way up over the pass to find a place uh, that the mules could have something to eat and we could camp. So the next day we were going to ride all the way back through it trying to figure out if, if there's a place that I could get off on. And we come to where we originally were going to be and, and uh, I, I decided, I said, well, just wait here. I'm going to hike back through that burn up in there and see if I can get up into the family peak complex and, and we'll just see if it's burnt out there. And so I'm hiking, I'm, I'm going through just soot. I mean, just stuff coming up. The tree roots were burning up. It was a hot, hot fire. And I get back there a ways, and I'm probably, by this time, a little over a quarter mile or a third of a mile from Willie. And, and uh, I saw some tracks, and I was like, oh, wow, somebody else was back here. And, and I left everything with Willie. I mean, gun, I, I, I had a pocket knife. Uh, I may have even had my hunting license, I'm not sure. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't have bear spray, gun, nothing. And I'm going back there, and, and I said, oh, I saw some tracks. And I'd seen some uh, tracks. I said, oh, that's like, the, I said, Man, that's like the world's biggest elk. And when I got back and I told Willie about it, he goes, it's probably a moose. Oh, I didn't think about a moose track. I didn't think about those things. And, and so I'm following, and, and I run across these other tracks again. And, and for about 10 yards, I'm following these tracks in the soot and, and uh, thinking I'm tracking this guy that must have been in there before me. And, and then I come to an area where the soot was real clear. I was like, wait a minute, that's not a boot track. That's a grizzly track. What am I tracking him for? Dork? And, you know, so I said, you know what? It's like, uh, um, you know, I, I'm going to... I, I can see where I want to go, and I probably another 400 yards. I thought, well, I'll kind of, uh, this one's angling up this way, so I'll angle down this way and keep an eye on what I'm going. And I start angling down this hill, and I come to another area that there's tracks everywhere, and there are fresh mountain lion tracks. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, I'm going back to Willie. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it, there's some things out here that can eat me. 
And I recognize the tracks and, hey, I have no protection. And it's like, you know what? I better get back to where there is safety. Well, that's what he's saying here. Be prepared for danger. When you go into the mountains, be prepared for danger. You should have somebody. You should tell somebody where you're going. You should have the proper attire and the proper equipment. Be prepared for danger. Watch, listen for sign. That's exactly what I was doing. You'll be prepared. It's like, you know, you see all these stories about these people that go to Yellowstone? Are you kidding me? I mean, did you see the video of the guy that was taunting the bison bull a few weeks ago and, and you know, dodging him? And, uh, you know, uh, wonder of all wonders, they found out he'd been drinking. Surprise! And, you know, you're running around there and, and taunting the bison in between the cars and somebody videotaped him and uh, they found him. A couple years ago, the, the people that all the signs in the paint pot area, not to walk out on, on all these things, how delicate they are, and the kid who fell in and disintegrated, or the people who lost their drone in one of those uh, hot areas and disintegrated, and uh, they, they find them all. Or just recently, the, the people, that uh, the big bull elk that's standing along the side of the road, and there's, you know, and you watch the video, and there's all kinds of people standing around, these two elk kind of fighting, and, and one comes across the road, and everybody just stands there. I mean, he's got, uh, he's got antlers like nobody's business, and he comes across the road, and as he's crossing the road, there's a guy in his path, and he runs him over, and everybody's standing there videotaping. It's like, be aware of danger. Do you not understand how dangerous that wildlife can be? Well, Paul is warning Timothy along that same line. He says, flee youthful lusts. Flee or escape your longings and your desires as a child. You know, you think about how oblivious inexperienced people. Oh, we, we, we blame kids. You know, actually kids when they're real young, they're afraid of a lot of things. Uh, you know, they want to hang on to mom and dad when there's a stranger around. They're not going to go to anybody else and only their comfort zone. But then as they get a little older, they become a little bit more bold and, and uh, oblivious to uh, how hot something can be or how dangerous traffic can be or how dangerous certain situations, uh, you know, can be. You know, swimming pools and other things. How dangerous a ladder can be. Oh, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fine. And they can be oblivious to it. And he says, and spiritually speaking, he's saying to Timothy, flee, escape those inexperienced human longings and desires. Those things that feed your flesh when we're told to die to self and to live for him. When we're told to take up our cross daily so that we die to self and our youthful lusts, our fleshly desires, our human longings that are in, not in accordance with God's word. 1 John 2 talks about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life that we are to not follow after in the world. He's saying, in essence, flee that which will harm you. You know, we wouldn't dream of hanging around, most of us, if there was a grizzly bear, most of us would not stay in the vicinity of the grizzly bear. 
if we walked out in the parking lot and there was a black bear who had worked his way down the river and was in the parking lot, the vast majority, I know there's a few of you that would go out there, but the vast majority uh, would be saying, stay inside, stay inside, call somebody, shoot it. No, no, uh, you're not going to hang around it. And we, we think, about, think about the things in nature. Think about the things in your life that you do not hang on to, that you're careful about. You go to somebody's house and there's a dog that you've never seen before. You're a little hesitant as you walk up and you're a little careful and you're a little concerned and you're a little worried before you, know, you find out that it's going to be okay. Flee that which will harm you. Well, spiritually speaking... We don't have the same focus. We don't flee sin the same way. We don't flee the impact of the world. We don't flee Satan's vices and influences. We don't flee uh, the sin which so easily besets us. You know, the Lord tells us over and over, uh, you know, that we're to flee fornication. He told the, the church at Corinth to flee fornication. He told them to flee idolatry, to flee any sexual impurity uh, that is apart from God's plan and purpose in the marriage. Flee idolatry. You know, most of us are not going to be impacted, you know, and... and I've been in lots of mission works around the world and places here in the United States. One of the most dark, oppressive places I've been was Slidell, Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina, or just before Hurricane Katrina. Very dark and, and overwhelming. Uh, and there was a lot of satanic influence there. Just a dark, dark place. But you go to other places, other places around the world, and they, they literally worship idols. They worship piles of fruit. Uh, they worship statues. They put their monies in. Uh, they pray. They light their incense. They do their things. Well, here in the United States, we say, oh, that's so silly to worship those idols. But what idols do we put up? It might not be a statue that we put up. This time of the year, it might be the horns on the head of an animal. It might be the numbers in the bank account. It might be uh, my, my home and, and my lawn and my whatever. It might be my job, my place. It might be a, a particular uh, circumstance and situation. It might be people, that, that people are more important to me than anything else, and they supersede all else. And they become an idol. An idol is that which takes my focus and attention away from God. That which is preeminent over God. And we're to flee those things. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy. He says, you know, be discerning. Flee youthful lust. Flee those things which can, which can harm you. And spiritually speaking, we see, you know, I, I deal with people on a regular basis through all these years. And typically the pattern that there is is that there's a lack of focus on doing God's word and there's a stronger focus on something that is contrary to God's word. And then issues arise, 
difficulties happen, relationships are strained and broken, health is affected, and we wonder why. Well, you know, you would know if you hung out by a grizzly bear and you got attacked. You know, some of you remember Matt Sutton. You know, they were here, you know, our first year. And, you know, Matt wasn't trying to hang out by a grizzly bear, but the first time I met him, you know, when he told me that he was hunting black-tailed deer on uh, Grizzly Island, what's Kodiak Island, yeah, Grizzly Island. I said, you know, when there's one bear for every square mile, and I said, and there's black-tailed deer in other locations, I said, you know, that tells me a lot about your makeup, Matt. I said, uh, when you go hunt black, you know, because he was drag, he shot a deer, he was dragging it out, and he said, all of a sudden, two grizzly bear heads popped out of the brush and attacked him, and then they were the cubs, the, the large cubs, and then the mama uh, stuck her head out, and uh, uh, she came, and as the cubs were just playing with him and throwing him around, and mama got him, and he had, he's got his three-ring binder notebook, and some of you know the story even better than I, but he's got his notebook with all the pictures on it, and thinking that he would never walk again, and the infection would normally get him, and God protected him, and having the clean rags and the uh, the one bottle of uh, stuff that he had for infection, and, and it was like a couple days before they ever got him out of there. And he knows now the danger of grizzly bears. And then when he was moving back to Alaska, he said, yeah, I, I put my application in for a, a grizzly hunt for an archery tag. I said, are you going to be able to do that? He said, well, I know I can get that close to him. <laughs> he said, but I, I don't know how I'll feel when I'm that close. Uh, but I don't know if he ever drew it or not. I don't think he did. But it was, you know, we know, say with a grizzly bear, when, when you have those wounds inflicted, when you have that, that, you almost die from it, you have a greater respect for the power of a grizzly bear. Well, Paul's warning Timothy. To have a greater respect for the power of sin. To have a greater respect for the power of the enemy. Don't go through the attack. Don't be laid up spiritually in, this, in God's spiritual hospital for days and weeks and months on end. Don't go through this horrible atrocity. You know, he's warning him, be discerning. Be aware there's dangers coming your way. Be prepared. Put on the whole armor of God. Be prepared with God's blessing and protection. You know, many people don't see the danger in pleasant things. You know, we, we can use Samson as an example of somebody that played with sin because he thought he was so much stronger and be able to handle it because he had seen the hand of God in his life and he began to play with it and then it was completely taken away as she cut his hair and took away all that God had entrusted to him because he was flippant with it. He wasn't discerning. He wasn't careful. He was not trusting and following the Lord. Because that's what Paul says there in verse 22. He says, flee youthful lust, but follow. Here he's saying, be dedicated, be determined. Follow it means to pursue. Pursue after. Be dedicated. You know, when it comes to hunting or whatever it is you enjoy. I know we've got some doll collectors here and 
I know we've got some tractor collectors and other things that you enjoy doing, fishermen, shoppers, you know, you pursue after the good deal, whatever it is that you enjoy, and, and you are committed uh, to pursuing and doing well. Well, you know, I think of hunting, there's, uh, there's different dedication that people have in hunting. Some drive around and hope something's going to run out in front of them. In fact, Duke, you did that one year, right? You got trophy elk with your truck. Yeah, right. Some hunt from the fringe. Some go the distance. They will go wherever, however long it takes, whenever, uh, to find whatever's necessary. Some scout year-round and are successful. Others put in very little time or effort and wonder why they just don't ever see anything. They never have any success. Well, many Christians cannot understand how some people can be spiritually minded and walk in joy and peace. How come, how come, they, can, how come they can enjoy the, the blessings of God? How come they can have such a good, joyful walk and attitude? How come they can have such a good spirit? I, I just can't seem to get there. Well, we think of hunting, it's like, man, they, they, sh- they fill their tag every year. Boy, they see stuff all the time. Well, they leave the truck. They go away. You know, they, 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 they get away from everybody. They get away from everything. They have a process. They go through it. They put in the time and the effort necessary, by and large, to have success. You know, I read an article in, the, in the, the Fish and Wildlife magazine talking about a guy who killed a bull elk every year for 30 years. And he said, yeah, I don't go to the same place all the time. He said, but I do put in the time. He said, I, I have a plan. I, I, I study. I prepare. He said, but I don't put in an enormous amount of hours. He said, but I have success. You know, and we think about all the success that we strive to have in this life. Successful careers, successful finances, successful families, successful health, or whatever we determine to be success in our lives. Whatever we consider, you know, for hunters, the trophy, for some, the trophy is a filled tag and meat in the freezer. You know, for others, the trophy is something bigger than I got last year. Uh, the trophy is bigger than my, you know, my family got. Uh, the trophy is whatever I determine it to be. And, you know, what's more important, though, trophies on a wall or trophies for eternity? Because Paul here, when he tells Timothy, he says to be dedicated, be determined pursue after but follow make certain that you are pursuing after these things that i'm going to give you it's way more important than than me telling you uh where you know when, when hunting season comes i always hear where the elk were not where they are you know i you, you hear where they uh oh well they were there you know well the fish were biting it's like uh we went when we we're up in canada we uh, they took us out for a few hours on Monday before we left, and uh, we're going to go pike fishing. You know, Jesse and Lance, every time, they've been up there twice, and they catch all these monster pike, and, and Jessica says she's the good luck charm, and yada, 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 and they do great when she's there, and, and uh, so we were going to give it a try, and, and we go out exactly where they were at just two weeks before, and we're trolling and casting all over, and, and Jenna caught a, a decent one, a 32 
inch or over seven pounds. And, you know, I, I was catching, uh, well, first I started catching hammer handles, and then I was catching screwdriver handles and, uh, you know, and everything in between. And it wasn't going good. And we come back in, and, and there's a guy in there. He had been out in a little canoe, and, and he was telling the wives, he said, yeah, over at the other end of the, it's not a very big lake, at the other end of the lake, I caught a, that's the biggest one ever. It's 40-some inches and all that. And I was like, so is he trying to get us to leave that spot? Or is he really telling us the truth that that's the spot? You know, most guys when they're into, you know, they don't relinquish their information real easy. So then you overthink it. Where do we go? Let's just go home. But, you know, what, what, what do you pursue after? This week, what was most important to you this week? What did you give your time and effort and energies and resources to this week? Was it pursuing after something personally? Was it pursuing after uh, more of something? Or this week, were you focusing on uh, trying to understand better uh, God's grace? Understand better God's blessing, God's protection, God's word? Understand better how this applies to my life. Understand better how I can practice this. I'm pursuing after applying the word of God to my life and to my family's life. What is important to us that we are dedicated to? We're determined to follow after. Because then Paul goes on and he tells him, he says, here's the game I want you to pursue after. Here on our uh, hunting preserve, the, this is all the things that you can pursue after. And he says there, he says, but follow righteousness. Mm, I hope I get a big one. I hope I get a good one in righteousness. Righteousness is equity, fairness of character, or actions. Living righteously in light of Christ's righteousness. These are all things that we would refer to in the hunting realm as ethics. Being ethical. Ethical in what we do. You know, when uh, the very first year here when I shot an antelope, I had a doe tag. Shot an antelope. You know, Josie had missed and one come up over the hill. I shot it. We're out at Elliott's and, and come up over and I shot it in the chest. And I, as I walk, I was like, oh, I shot my first antelope and got my doe tag. And I walk up to it and it was, it was laying there and it had horns about that tall. I was like, oh, my heart sunk. Josie says, Dad, what are you going to do? I was like, well, apparently I shot a buck. I'm going to have to call the game warden and tell him. Oh, you, you sure? And then... Uh, uh, is it right? Whatever. And so I, I called and I was doing some research and looking. I was like, oh, four inches. And then when I went to field dress, oh, it's a doe. Uh, and uh, just had little things. And then all of a sudden I felt better. But you know, when you first go through, when it comes to ethics and righteousness, that which is fairness of character and actions, living righteously in light of Christ's righteousness, we make our decisions about what is right. What am I going to be able to stand up and give an account for? Did I do rightly? In hunting, we're faced with those ethics. Do I do unethically? Do I do above and beyond what is allowed? Or do I reason it away? Well, I think that this, okay. Well, this isn't hurting anybody. Well, this should be my right. Well, this should be. And so... 
we, we go through those motions and those conversations ethically in our regular daily decisions, but what about spiritually? Are we living righteously in light of Christ's righteousness? Are we doing that which is true and do right? You know, Bob Jones Sr., the old Methodist evangelist, said, do right till the stars fall. He says to follow after faith, trust, persuasion, conviction. This is where we have a growing trust in the Lord, that we trust in his guidance. You know, as we were up in Canada and uh, the, the map thing on our phones wasn't working exactly right. There were some data issues that had to get corrected once I got someplace with, and my wife was like, oh, we're following this GPS coordinates. She goes, do we have a Canadian map? I said, no, why would I have a Canadian map? I just want to see where we're going. Because, and that's how we are spiritually too, isn't it? You know, God has the GPS coordinates. He tells us which direction to go. He says to follow after Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, following his plan, his purpose. He'll tell us when to turn, when to stop, when to hold, when to slow down, what to do. But no, we want the map. Well, uh, it's not that I don't trust you, Lord, but but I want to see see farther down the road. I want to know more. Well, that's where faith comes in, trust, conviction. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. He says charity. He says to follow after charity, love, affection. This is for all people, not discriminating. Uh, you know, it's this is like, you know, what kind of a hunter you are. Uh, you know, Ben's a hunter that just wants to go out, put it in his freezer and be done. Where I enjoy hunting. You know, I enjoy going out. I enjoy the process. I enjoy seeing and doing and being. You know, he, he likes to go hiking in the mountains with just a backpack on. To me, if, if I can't have a gun or a fishing pole, I see no point in hiking through the mountains. Uh, I just think that's what it's there for, to either hunt or fish. And you, you go through this, this process, but a love or affection. You know, but do you enjoy everything else? When it comes to this Christian walk, do we appreciate, do we acknowledge what's going on with everybody else? Or is it only about me and my focus and my path and my way? And I, I, I don't care about what's going on around me. I don't want to see all this other stuff. I don't want to see any other nature. I don't want to see anything else. I just want to get my path going. I want my way to be done and accomplished. Well, that's not Christian charity. That's not Christian love. Christian love is action towards people, witnessing, helping, prayer, and etc. And then he says to follow after peace, prosperity, quietness, rest, peace and quiet enjoyed in the mountains, I think is enjoyable. Peace, quite frankly, uh, for me to plan to try to get away for a few days for hunting, I, I really don't care about the tag part of it, I'm looking forward to being able to just get away, turn the phone off, and have no contact or communication, and just rest, spend time with the Lord, and have a restorative focus. Because that is a necessary thing for all of us. Peace and rest in the Lord. 
he told us that he has overcome the world. We can find peace and rest in him. He told us that we're to work six days and rest the seventh. Worship him and adore him. We're to find that peace and rest. Look over Philippians. Yeah, they're close. Just back a few pages. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. Well, verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And Paul told Timothy, follow after peace. Seek it. Strive for it. It's not something that we work for. It's that when we cast our cares upon him because he cares for us, that he'll give us that peace, that quietness, that rest. You know, but those fugitives, liars, thieves, adulterers, cheats, those that are uh, manipulative, trying to do things and get things in their own way, will never enjoy the peace and rest and quietness that God offers. But then back in Timothy... He says, with them that call, he said, you know, so follow after righteousness, faith, charity, love, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Here I, I say, be double, be doubled up. You know, Proverbs tells us that uh, two are better than one and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. That there's a, it's important to have iron sharpening iron it's important to have accountability. It's important to have not just a hunting partner, not just a fishing partner, not just a spouse for life, uh, not just companions that are going to be uh, wise counselors, but it is important to have, it says, when he says, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, that we are to have companionship with other believers, Others that are pursuing after these same characteristics. Others that are striving to walk in the light as he is in the light and please him. Like-minded people are drawn together. You know, hunting camp is great fun and experience. Hunting buddies uh, can be necessary in the mountains as long as they're the, the right kind, the safe kind, reliable, same commitment, same determination. You know, it's... Uh, I remember being in Wisconsin at Bible College and the night before opening deer season that you saw, you know, there's, there's a bar on every street corner and every little nook and cranny town that there is in, in northern Wisconsin. And the night before opening season, you saw all the hunting rigs, all the guys in their orange and everything in, uh, in getting their uh, guidance for hunting uh, from the bottle. I said, you know, I don't think I want to hunt public land tomorrow. I think I want to be someplace where all, the, all those guys aren't going to be that are, that are seeing double and not shooting straight. Those aren't the companions I want to be with. I want to be with somebody that's safe and reliable. Well, we must be that kind of companion spiritually, but we must be looking for that kind of companionship spiritually. That we can be strengthened. That we can be encouraged in the Lord. It's more important to partner with other believers. You know, we pour countless hours and dollars trying to have successful hunts, fishing trips, vacations, businesses, on and on and on. 
but too often we're Scrooges with our time and dollars when it comes to growing in Christ. We'll stockpile all kinds of things. We'll spend countless hours on the things that are important to us. We'll spend countless time researching, planning, checking the charts, uh, acknowledging the things and growing and, and seeking wisdom and, and discernment. And, you know, we want to find a, a new place, a new hunting place, a new fishing place, a new shopping place, a, a place that's having a sale, whatever it is that we're excited and encouraged about. But often we are Ebenezer Scrooge with our time and our resources when it comes to growing in Christ. And when we stand before the Lord, which all of us will, believers and unbelievers alike, and we're going to give an account for those names that are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, well, there's going to be eternal judgment. For those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's going to be judgment. What we've done in this life. Because the wood, hay, and the stubble, the stuff that seemingly was good stuff, that, that we thought was important stuff, as the eyes of the Lord are as fire and looks through all, and all of the wood, hay, and stubble is burnt up, and only what was done for Christ will last. Only what was done in a perspective uh, to grow in His grace, to love and strengthen and encourage in the walk with Him. They're going to be the gold, jewels, and precious stones that hold up. I was thinking a while ago as I, somebody sent me a link to a, uh, a hunting video. And as I was watching, I was thinking of there's a, some comedian, I forget the, the comedian. He goes, he goes, man, he goes, I'm so lazy. He goes, I don't even go fishing. I watch fishing on TV. I record fishing. I don't even go fishing. And I'm watching this hunting video, and they're up in the mountains someplace. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And I was like, Wait a minute, you know, that's a long walk up there. That's a lot of work to get there. And uh, I was watching this hunting video, and, and you know, some watch hunting videos and go hunting. Some watch hunting videos and live vicariously through them and say, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that again one day, but I'm going to get my fulfillment out of there. Well, spiritually speaking, we read about faithful Christians. We read how to be a faithful Christian. but do we strive to do it? Or are we just happy to watch the video, see the story unfold, acknowledge what others have done and say, oh, that'd be great. I wish I could do that. Oh, boy, that sure would be fun, but oh, that's so much work. Ah, oh, you know, I'd have to change so many things. You know, I would just have to change my thinking. And, you know, it's just, it's just so hard to get up there on that mountain that the, that the Lord has called me to. And, uh, you know, just so much effort. So I'll just keep reading and watching everybody else and, and feel better about myself and, and do that. I heard a person recently talking about, they said, you know, suppose I was decided, you know, I'm committed to losing weight. So I grabbed my favorite weight loss book. <laughs> I grabbed one of the, 82 weight loss books that I've collected over the years. And, and I go and I said, I'm serious. I'm going to lose some weight. So I go, so I grab my, my bowl of uh, salsa and my bag of chips and my book. And I go sit on the, on the recliner and recline back and say, 
oh man, this is so good. Man, I could lose a lot of weight doing this, and I'm highlighting passages, and, and uh, I'm memorizing, oh, I'm memorizing that recipe right there. If I do that, I'm going to lose a ton of weight. And, yeah, that's going to be good. I can't wait to do that. And, we all understand that. But spiritually speaking, I fear that many Christians do that with the Word of God. Well, I, I, know, I know there's some areas that I'm struggling in. I know there's some things that God wants me to do, and, and I'm just content to read about it, to memorize it, to talk about it. But until I actually go do it, it really has no impact. It really is never going to make a difference until I purpose to be a doer and not a hearer only. You know, James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. Which is exactly what we do when we hear the word, we memorize the word, we read the word, we listen to it, but then we don't apply it. We're, the only one we're deceiving is ourselves. Oh, we have it in our mind. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I have it in our mind. Yeah, that, that really, boy, that was good. That's what I needed. But what decisions and changes do I make to apply it? James 4, 17 says, He that knoweth do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. When we know to do right and we choose to do contrary, it's sin. And we must be serious-minded with the Lord and the walk with the Lord. He says to flee those things, but to follow his things, to follow after. We can sing about, I've decided to follow Jesus. We can sing about his truth, his trust, his mercy, his grace. But until we purpose ourselves to apply and to follow and to do, to do the hard thing, you know, if I'm going to hike to the top of the mountain, you don't just just jump out of the truck and well I don't have a truck right now to jump out of but you don't just jump out of the truck and and go say okay I'm gonna go so, whoo boy boy that's tough I'm still 50 yards from the truck I haven't even got to the incline yet now it takes work and effort preparation to handle the 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 difficult things that are coming in life if we will follow after him follow his righteousness, faith, love, and peace will find strength to help in time of need, will find strength in victory, will find discernment to handle when the enemies, the, the cougars and the bears and the, the charging moose, uh, the spiritual ones that come our way, we're going to recognize them and we're going to flee and we're going to get out of the way because we've been preparing spiritually for those battles that are going to come. So whatever it is that you enjoy, my question is, what do you enjoy so much that it has taken precedent over God and his word? Or maybe you no longer enjoy it, but it's just become a pattern and a way of life that you don't know how to change it. Well, God's word gives us wisdom and discernment to do just that. Flee personal, fleshly, youthful, human desires follow after God's way 
God's word, God's help, God's holiness. And we'll find that peace that passes all understanding, that peace that seems to elude us at different times, and he's promised to show himself strong. Let's all stand to our feet, heads bowed, eyes closed.